You're listening to the Jesus Culture San Diego Message of the Week. If you have your Bibles, open them to Psalms 139. We are actually going to start a series starting today over the next uh, few weeks, um, going through the book or sorry, the, the chapter of Psalms 139 in the book of Psalms. So we haven't actually done like a books or a, a chapter study like this, but we're going to actually take uh, several weeks to go over and walk through Psalms 139. So today we're going to start in verses 1 through 12, and we're calling this series The Pursuit of God. I'll explain this to you in just a minute, but I want to start reading uh, the first uh, uh, several verses that we're going to be going over today. So Psalms 139, verse 1 says, You have searched me, Lord, you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. This is, a, I, I, I love the book of Psalms. And actually, I had just graduated from high school. I was in ministry and I started just praying and meditating. I'll share a little bit more of what was going on in my life. But I began to just camp out in Psalms 139. And God just began to speak to me really personally, but began to show me this reality of a God that is pursuing us. So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to understand and look at the pursuit of God. It actually originates with Him. Our love for God. The Bible says that we love because He first loved us. Do you know that God is pursuing you? The main character of the story is actually not you saying yes to God. It's actually your response to the God who's pursuing you. But the, 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 the extent of the pursuit of God for your heart, I think many times is either overlooked or not fully understood. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through this chapter in Psalms 139. Just so you know, um, the book of Psalms uh, is made up of 150 ancient songs, prayers, and poetry. It's an intricately designed collection of poetry that recounts Israel's history and God's covenant and promises to his people, but also to us. David, who actually wrote 73 of the 150 Psalms, was called a man after God's own heart. The Bible says that he, he was a man after God's own heart. One of the things that I love about the whole book of Psalms, one of the reasons it's one of my favorite books in the Bible is because it actually breaks out the religious spirit it brings authenticity. It shows us that actually if, if David, who was a, a man after God's own heart, and you read his prayers, you read these Psalms, you see that he was real, he was honest, he was raw, and yet he was connected to the heart of God. 
For so many of us, like we show up or view our relationship with God as a stagnant religious obligation. And that is the, the furthest thing from the, from the truth and what God sent his son Jesus for. And David, he captures this in Psalms and his rawness, his honesty with God is something that we need to pay attention to. God doesn't want your like, how you doing, sister? How you doing, brother? Doing great, brother, sister, hallelujah. From the, the west and the south and north and the east, I'm doing good. I'm blessed when I, like, that's all good. I love that. But if it's not real and authentic, it's not the kind of relationship and Christianity, the followers of Jesus that he called us to be. It's not supposed to be fake pretense. How you doing? Oh, I'm so good. So blessed. Actually, you're struggling. Your marriage is, is, is not doing great and things are hard at work. You're struggling with depression, anxiety. Listen, God wants that stuff. God wants not the good parts of you. He loves that. He created it. He wants all of you. He wants the hard parts. He wants the areas you're struggling in. This is what we see as you read David's Psalms and prayers. For me, it just, it, it invites me into this relationship with God that I think taps into why David was called a man after God's own heart. So today we're going to look at these first 12 verses and it, uh, it's really the journey of the heart or the pursuit of God. This, the, these first six verses kind of start to emphasize this thing of being known. It's, it's something that I think is, is ingrained in every single one of us as, as human beings is that we want to be known, we want to be seen. And this is what's so beautiful is in this psalm that David writes out, you know, he's, he starts by saying, you've searched me, you know me. Do you know the God of heaven knows you? He sees you. I think deep down in our heart and our desire to be known, there's this reality that it's scary. <laughs> because we desire it, but then there's also this fear like, well, if everyone knew or God, or everyone knew everything about me, would you still love me? This is what's so powerful in these first six verses is David just starts declaring about the God who's pursuing you and me. You see me, you know me, you know everything about me. There is a pursuit happening that we're gonna begin to unpack here. I wanna just tell you the word pursuit actually means the action of following or pursuing someone or something. It's striving toward, pushing towards, aspiration for, a quest for, the search for, an aim of, goal of, or an object of, or dream of. Like these are these pictures of what a pursuit is. Now here's the crazy thing. God is pursuing you. God's pursuing me. As I read this, this chapter, it just blows me away because it begins to blow out <laughs> the preconceived ideas and the limited views we've put upon God. I think, you know, everyone loves a good love story, right? And here's the crazy thing about pursuing is, I'll talk to the guys here, like, guys, you, you, we do crazy things. When you, you like, you get in, you fall in love and you're like, you, you just, you start doing crazy things to pursue this, this girl you're trying to win over. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, Marines, like tatted up, bulky dudes, like read poetry and, you know, skip on the beach and like throw flowers out, right? It talks about this in Proverbs. Like there's just crazy things that we do. I remember when uh, Melissa, my wife and I, we were still hanging out. We actually weren't dating yet. I had to work hard for a bit. There was actually, there was like two other guys that were trying to come in and like she had 
just got out of a relationship. She wasn't ready for a relationship. And I was like convinced, like I'm pursuing that girl. And she made me work. Like she did not just like, like just, she made me like put some work in on this thing. But I'm just like, I'm, I'm going after her. I'm going after this, <laughs> this relationship. And it's beautiful. But here's the, here's the thing that I want to unpack a little bit more. The pursuit of God is for every area of our life. Because here's what happens in relationships. There's the infatuation. There's the like, oh, I think I love her. I think I love him. They look good, real good. I'm very interested. You know, I'm going to pursue that person. And things progress and, you know, you have a lot in common. And you're like, okay, this is going great. And the beautiful thing happens is they're the one maybe you decide we're going to go for it. We get married. Everyone's looking great. You go on the honeymoon. This is amazing. And then real love starts. How many of you have been married for more than 10 years? I love my wife now. We've been married 17 years. I love her now more than I did when I first was in love and pursuing her and asked her to marry me and we got married. But that love is based on a deeper pursuit. Not just the good things, like she still looks great. We saw a lot that we love about each other, but the depth of our relationship got real when all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't like that about you. And I'm driving you crazy when I do this and I don't do that. Come on, anybody, any amens out there? The real test of relationship is the pursuit in the midst of being fully known. I, I, want, I, I can't emphasize this enough because, listen, God is pursuing you. But this is, this is not just like a romantic infatuation here. God is pursuing all of you. The hidden places, the hard places, the areas that are messy in your life. When you see this, and this is what David is unpacking. He's showing this, this image of a God who sees you, who's pursuing you, but actually knows you and is not deterred. He still loves you. So my question for you is, what will it take for you to believe that one, God loves you, and two, that he actually wants relationship with you? Not the pretty put together you, the real you. Because that's where the, the, the truest, deepest relationship happens is that all of you, when you understand that God loves your weakness, your brokenness, your failures, he sees you, he knows it. You're, you can't hide it from him. The Bible says here in, in this chapter that he sees you. He knows everything about you, and yet he still pursues you and loves you. I think some of the things that get in the way of us believing that are shame, our fear. This is what, this is what impacts us in our relationships. Like, what if, I, what if you really knew this about me? Would you still want to be my friend? Would you still love me? Would you still choose me? This is what David is going after and showing for us, connected to this heart of a God who's pursuing us. He's showing us that God sees you, knows you, and is not deterred. He's not thrown away. He's not thrown off. He's still pursuing your heart. He sees you. He knows you. Some of us, we, stand, we keep God at a distance because of failures or mistakes that we've made or maybe are still making right now. There's a deep question in our heart that we don't actually love ourselves. And our question is, is, am I enough? Am I even lovable? We compare ourselves like that person's lovable. Of course, God loves them, but God couldn't love me. 
David in this psalm is going straight for the jugular on this. He's saying, no, 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 no. You don't fully know the God of heaven that is pursuing you. And this is what I, my prayer is, is that, that, that we would understand, that we would have like honest questions. We would look at these questions honestly and point to this fact that God, is it true that you're pursuing me? And maybe I don't fully understand and know the heart of the God that's pursuing me. What if God is better than you could imagine? What if God wasn't like everyone else? This is what this psalm begins to unpack. I mean, just look at this. He knows everything about you and still pursues you. You've searched me. You can't hide, like Genesis 1, Adam was in the garden trying to hide from God. <laughs> we do this, don't we? <laughs> we think God doesn't see, and so we put our walls up to him because we're like, oh God, if you knew this about me, he already knows it. You've searched me, you know me. God knows you. It says, like, he goes detailed into how much he knows us. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. That's crazy. Could you imagine if all your thoughts were up on the screen right now? That would not be pretty. And yet God who sees that and knows that still is pursuing you, loving you, seeing you. It says, you discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. But this is where we start to see how God not only is pursuing us, but is accepting us, is loving us. It says, you hem me in behind before you lay your hand upon me. This hand that he lays upon you is a hand of love, acceptance, covering, healing. When it says you hem me in behind and before, it's, it's saying that you go before me in my future. You, you, you hem me in in my past, behind me. David ends this in verse six. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Another translation says it, too lofty for me to understand. I wanna to propose to you today that the love of God that is pursuing you is way bigger and way deeper and way, way beyond what I believe many of us understand and know. And the good news is he's coming for you, not your neighbor, you. Not the person that you think deserves it. You who especially think you don't deserve it. God is pursuing you. He knows everything about you and still loves you. There's a song that um, Kim Walker Smith sings. I've shared this before. It's called Unstoppable Love. And there's a part in the song that says, no sin, no shame, no past, no pain can separate me from your love. No height, no depth, no fear, no death can separate me from your love. God, you pursue me with power and glory, unstoppable love that never ends. You're unrelenting with passion and mercy. It's an unstoppable love that never ends. My prayer is that like our boxes and our limited view of God get blown and shattered into pieces. That we understand the fullness, the magnitude of God's love directed towards you and not just directed pursuing you and your heart. I want to tell you, God's in your corner. He's for you. He's not against you. I've been uh, uh, showing my girls. There are moments as a father, if you're a dad out there, you'll probably relate to this, where there's some things that you do and you're like, you just stop. It may be a little thing and you're like, I'm doing okay. 
I'm proud. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an okay dad. I'm a good dad. One of those moments for me, these are just little things. Like, I love 80s music. There was a moment, there's been moments where my girls just start doing the 80s fist pump to a good journey song. And I'm like, just proud. Like, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I may have some weaknesses and failures, but like, I'm, I'm an okay dad. Recently, I have three girls, and recently, uh, we actually started last weekend during Sabbath Sunday weekend, we started watching Rocky movies. Come on. The, the training scenes and music, I'm a sucker for that. And I, again, my girls were like, Dad, let's watch it again. We actually did, like, I mixed it up. We watched Rocky Four and then Creed Two, which are connected, if you know this. And, you know, Rocky and Rocky IV, um, uh, the, the Russian kills... Uh, Apollo Creed, he dies, and Rocky comes back against all odds and wins the battle. But in Creed II, um, the son of the boxer that killed Apollo Creed, uh, this, the two sons box against each other, and it's just this epic boxing. Like, we've just been watching boxing movies. Again, I'm a dad of all girls. I'm just like, Lord, you're good to me. <laughs> My girls are like, Dad, when are we watching the next Rocky movie? I'm like, I'm a good dad right now. Thank you, God. But there's these, there's these scenes, if you've watched a good boxing movie, there's these scenes where in between these dramatic fights where the underdog and, you know, whether it's Rocky Balboa or Creed, the son of Apollo Creed, and they're getting beat up and it looks like they're going to lose. And there's in between the rounds, there's these scenes in the corner of the boxing ring. Can you imagine like Rocky Balboa, Rocky comes in, he gets in his face and he just starts giving this talk. Like I usually just start crying. It's like so motivating. It's like, you've got this. Let me tell you who you are. You can win this. And then you know, it goes into the next round and, and like something changes, right? Like this is kind of a silly example, but I'm just telling you like God is in your corner. He's He's better than Rocky Balboa, but he's coming. He's getting in your face and you feel beat up and you feel like you're losing and you can't do it. And he looks you in the eye and he reminds you of who you are. He says, I've, I'm for you. I'm with you. And I believe in you. This is what God, like this is the kind of God that is pursuing you is like. I mean, this is a, a, a limited, <laughs> paling comparison. But you know that God is for you. He's He's not just pursuing you. He's fighting with you, fighting for you and calling you out to your destiny. You can over, overcome, defeat the giant, the thing that's coming against your life. But here's the thing. This first part of Psalms 139 verses one through six emphasizes this thing that he knows you, every part about you. But then it gets better. Verse seven, it, it begins to point to an even better fact about the God of heaven who's pursuing you. He knows you. He loves you. Even though all, all the junk, all the failures, all the messes, all the mistakes, he sees and knows. Nothing's hidden from him, yet he still loves you. He's still pursuing you. But then it keeps getting better. In verse 7, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my beds in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. He, he's saying this thing of like, no matter where you go, God is there with you, still pursuing you. Which means even when you reject God, you spit in his face, you turn away and run from him, he's still pursuing you. This is how good the love of God is that's pursuing you. Even when you reject him, he's still pursuing you. It says the highest heights, the lowest low, wherever you go, there I'm with you. It says when I, if I make my bed in the depths 
or, or in hell, in the lowest part of your life, still God is pursuing you. And then it says, surely the darkness will hide me, but even darkness will not be dark to you. This is what we have to understand. Like God does not want the pretty put together parts of your life. He wants all of you. He wants the messy, ugly, scary parts of your life. The dark places of your life, the Bible says, dark is as light to him. If you understood, one, that God is pursuing you, and two, that God is not deterred, he's not afraid, he's not disgusted about the, the areas that we would label dark in our life, we understood the magnitude of this love that God is pursuing you with, we wouldn't run from him. We would run to him. But this is what happens so often. We don't understand this love that's pursuing us. The God of heaven that is pursuing your heart. He doesn't want your attendance on Sunday. He doesn't want your fake Christian posing. He wants your heart. He wants your life. And he wants the hard, ugly places. This is the pursuit of God. This is the love of God. It blows out our understanding of, of even earthly conditional love. It's an unconditional love. Even when we reject him, even when we turn from him, even when we run from him and willfully choose other things over him, even in darkness, he's still there. He's still pursuing us. Hebrews 13, 5 says, because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I was looking back a couple years ago um, at my, my journal. I don't journal regularly. There's like sporadic seasons, but I actually was looking at all the way back to when I first started looking at Psalms 139, really diving into this. And I don't know if you've journaled before, but you just, if, if you're like, like me, you're just raw. Like, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. And I'm disappointed here. And, you know, you just questions. It's kind of like the Psalms, just real honesty. Like you don't want to show this to someone else, right? I was just reading through it. You know, it's skipping over weeks and months and years. And reading like very real heartaches of like, you know, a breakup in a relationship or this dream seemed to die. And God, why did this happen? And just being honest and raw before God, feeling hopeless or discouraged. And I, I just read through it. I just saw this theme of, oh, you know, we're out, I'm out of that moment. And I see with a different perspective. Oh, God, you were there all along. You never left me. You've been walking with me through this journey. You've been pursuing me. Oh, thank goodness that didn't happen because what you had was so much better. I was looking through this, this history of my life, which really points to the love and the pursuit of God. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. You're so good. God is pursuing you in your story and your journey. The low points, the hard points, the dark points, they are not the end. Why? Because God is pursuing you. If you would stop running from him and you would run to him, this love that is pursuing you is not just to get you through, it's to transform, change you. We're not going into it this week. This series that we're going through is going to build upon each verse. But today we're talking about this truth that God is pursuing you. And his pursuit is for a reason. It's for your heart and it's to transform your life. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Again, the pursuit in this relationship originates with him pursuing your heart. He's not deterred. 
by anything about your story. And he's not even deterred by you running away from him. This is what we see here in these first 12 verses. The beautiful picture we see in this first part of the chapter is that the God of the universe knows everything about you and still loves you. And that he'll never leave you even when you reject him. And it's, it gets better. Like we're going to keep going through this. But that's pretty good right there. Because for some of us, we've given up on hope that, man, I need something else. But I, I, I think I've, I'm too far gone. I've, I've messed up too much. We don't realize that, oh, it's only the beginning. There's so much more because God is patiently, persistently pursuing you. My prayer today is that we stop running. We turn to him and ask him, God, blow out my preconceived ideas of what I've maybe limited your love to be. Help me fully understand the fullness and the depth of this love that's pursuing me. This is my prayer for me. This is my prayer for us. This is my prayer for you today. The song that I, I read some of the lyrics to is actually written out of this passage in Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, 17, Paul is praying this over the church. He's praying this over you and me. He says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. God wants to fill you with the fullness of his hope, his purpose, his destiny, his healing. Jesus did not come to just die on the cross so that you could just go to heaven. That's great. He came for your heart. He came for your life. He came to walk in the midst of every part of your life that you would know him and be known by him. Talk about pursuit, the pursuit of, of God. We see through his son, Jesus, who came, endured beatings, persecution, death on a cross. The Bible says in Romans 12, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. This is this pursuit that we're talking about, a relentless pursuit for your heart, for every single part of you. I want you to stand with me and we're going we're gonna to close. But as we look at these first 12 verses, as we look at this pursuit that is coming after us, I want to ask you a question. What is your view of God? Is it what we're, we're, we're starting to describe here? Is it something else? God wants to break anything else than the truth of what his love is pursuing, directed towards you. God is pursuing you and wants to know you. The question is, how will you respond? Today, just, uh, we're going to close. We, I wanted to end just a little bit early because I want to make some space. We're going to sing a song we sang earlier in worship. But I want us to, before we move on, like there's this, there's this thing that no one else can do for you. Your response, much like a relationship. You can't have a relationship with someone. They can't respond for you. You have to respond. And it can't be one-sided. 
For some of us, our relationship with God has been one-sided because he's pursuing, he's coming after you. But he's saying, hey, will you open up? Will you let me in? And will you respond to me? If you could just close your eyes for a moment. My prayer as we go through this journey through Psalms 139 is that there would actually be another journey that happens in your life and my life is that we begin to fully comprehend and understand this love that's pursuing your heart, that our capacity would expand to see him for who he really is and to let him in to the hard places, the messy places, the painful places, the areas that need the most healing, that actually need his love more than anything else. But it requires a yes. It requires a bit of a risk because it means there's vulnerability. It's like, God, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've built some walls around my heart. I've protected myself. God, I, I don't know if you're that good. I want you to be, but I don't know if you're that good. I want us to, before we leave, we're going to go into worship. I, I, I just want to invite you. I don't, know, I don't know what's hitting you as we're talking, but I want to invite you to be honest and real with God. I, I remember moments in my life where I just said, God, I, I read it and I believe it, but I don't think it's true for me in this situation. This is what we see David do. He, he's, he's raw and honest with God. Like, God wants your honesty. Can you bring the honest areas? God, why? Like, I, I'm hurting here. I need you. I, I've lost hope. But instead of running from him, can you turn to him today? Maybe you don't have the strength to run, but just say, God, I'm here. I'm not running anymore. I just want to be where you are. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Culture San Diego Message of the Week. For more information on our church, visit jcsandiego.com.